on the um, the West Coast. And so we're starting to have those conversations like, where do you want to be? Yeah. What's going to happen if this happens? You know, because they, they live in freaking San Diego. I mean, my dad calls and says 70 degrees and sunny and hangs up the phone. You know, and so, you know, so the idea of hanging out with me in, in northern New England or my brother lives in D.C. Um, you know, right. to both those things. But. It's a it's a funny thing to work your life kind of backwards of like, where where is your like, where's your last place to to just plant a flag yeah. And figure out this, this, this will be where, you know, I, I don't move anymore. So it's kind of, oh, yeah, I, I do think that more and more the children of older folks are going to have to get serious about how that works. Cause it gets more complicated, I think. Oh yeah. And, um, and so you should have those conversations with your parents. You really should. Okay. I had that conversation with my daughter. She did not initiate it. Well, she was, she was yelling and screaming about, you know, 80 miles away and the problems that that would entail. But because it's too far, I would have I would have moved back years ago. Di Diane was not really interested. And, you know, she loves the house we we're in. Yeah, I do, too. But uh, but this will this will do. This will do fine. I'm, I'm OK. The pictures were lovely. You had the you had the birthday party for Diane. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a birthday party the same day they had a uh uh, St. Patty's Day Parade. So I basically said the town was welcoming her back. There you go. There you are. <laughs> good for good for her to come back. Yeah, she probably wasn't buying it, but but here made you nonetheless. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys, uh, you ready to kind of jump in here and get going? You got it. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Hello, uh, my name is Chris Hoyt. I am the host for the next 20 minutes uh, on the Recruiting Community Podcast. Uh, and I am going to bring in my partner in crime here, Mr. Crispin. There he is. Good morning, Mr. Crispin. Good morning. <laughs> all right, we are both dialed in uh, from different places today. Yes. So I, I'm on the road and you are wrapping up a reload. I am. I'm I'm 80 miles from where I normally live, and now I'm living, you know, in uh, the North Shore of of Long Island in New York. <laughs> I love that. Well, that is not the only change uh, that we've got going on. Before we bring the guest in today, which I'm, I'm excited to welcome him back to the show uh, and chat him up, I thought we, you and I, could just chat for just a minute about the new community up uh, yeah. outreach that we're doing. You want you want to chat that up for a second? Yeah, it's, you know, I'm actually excited by the interviews. Part of it is there was a tremendous response when we said, look, if you're a leader in transition, mm -hmm. uh, particularly if you're a member, but there are, there are if, if you're sponsored by a member um, and in transition, we'll, we'll let you be a member of Career Crossroads, of our community yeah. uh, for that period of time, because it gives you the opportunity um, to engage in uh, building your network beyond a network to a more of a community issue. And, uh, and fundamentally, uh, I've had some incredible conversations uh, with some really great leaders that I had not met before uh, and a few folks who, who at some point probably will get there. 
uh, they may not be ready for our yeah. for our community yet, but um, we're interviewing everybody who expressed an interest. Hundred percent, and it's it's kind of interesting. So for those who who aren't aware, CXR at work slash up. Uh, and Jerry and I were talking about this, I guess we've been talking about it for months, but we, we pulled the trigger a few weeks ago and just said, I think just two weeks ago, where we said, if you're in transition, if you've been displaced and and uh, you are alumni of CXR or you are uh, referred by alumni of CXR, uh, either current or past, right, who've been, um, we will interview you for a full-blown membership. Uh, and no limitations. You get, you get a full membership there. So that's all the meetings, the lectures, the classes, the you name it. Uh, even the live meetings, and and we have had almost two hundred applicants uh, fill those out, uh, and some in true recruiter fashion. And I love me the recruiters, right? I mean, we are good people, but some of them halfway filled out the application, and it's not a complicated application. It's like six fields. It's not. It, this is not a stretch for Mensa. These are super easy. Like, put your LinkedIn URL in here. Who, who do you know that is sort of referring you and, you know, that sort of thing. But we are, it's a hundred percent return. And I got, I got five or six of these a day. So I have three today. I have three I later today. So I feel almost like I'm a recruiter again. And, and to be honest, and I think we should be fully transparent here. Not everybody's getting a yes. Yep. Um, but the feedback is clear. Uh, at least I, at least they're telling me it is when I'm saying we're, we can't really go forward with you right now. Yeah. Because there's some things that you really need to be able to do in order to take advantage of it. The level of engagement that you have to have yeah. um, with other leaders is, is part of this deal. Yep. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to check it out. You're going to end up on our calendars if you apply. I promise. We're going we're gonna to get back to you. Everybody's going to get something back. Uh, but that's six interviews today. I had a couple yesterday. I had to move some things with travel. But we're, we're getting through all of those. And I'm super excited about it. What I'm also super excited about is to welcome back uh, Mr. Foreman. So let's bring him in out of the green room. There he is. Hey, Good boys. Day. How are you? Nice to have you back. Same. Thanks for having me. And I think the, the CXR up, this is the first I had heard about it. I think that's a great idea. Um, oh. We'd be happy to support you in whatever way we can to allow you to bring more of those folks on in. I think that's super. Great. Well, thanks. Well, we'll, <clears throat> we'll happily take you up on that. That's exciting. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is nice to meet some new folks who've been in the space for a while and we haven't had a chance to connect with. Uh, and we get a hit from leaders we haven't spoken in a while who said, oh, my God, I love this. I have the perfect person that would benefit from this uh, because, you know, it worked for me and it was helpful for me and that sort of thing. So we love it. It's good stuff. Cool. Well, Chris, so uh, we're going to talk about um, pay, pay per application. Mm -hmm. uh, today, so a little little cost per application chat today, and you you are the man with some of the data uh, to talk about this, and you've been in the space for a while. But for those who don't know you, why don't you go ahead? I'm going to give you that full screen treatment, and why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who you are? Give us sort of the escalator pitch of, of who is Chris Foreman. Uh, sure. Well, thanks so much, Chris and, and Jerry, again for having me back. Um, my name's Chris. I've spent the last 25 years um, in the recruitment technology space building and growing companies because I am structurally unemployable. If I filled out that form for CXR up, I'd probably be denied because um, you know, I, I throw the toys out of the pram on a regular basis. Um, uh, most recently, um, and this will be my capstone gig here. I, after after AppCast, I'm done. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of AppCast, which is part of uh, StepStone, the third largest jobs business in the world. Um, yep. And we build software that helps large enterprise employers buy and optimize pay for performance job ads. 
Uh, we're about 400 people. And uh, right now it's a snow day in Meriden, New Hampshire. So uh, Sarah is, I think, making brownies in the kitchen mm. and from home. So anyway, that's me. Thanks for having me. Love that. Spring break, snowing, brownies. <laughs> there you go. There you Chris go. living the dream. Yeah. Well, okay. So I love, we were just talking for the, who, who may not have come in right on time. We were, we were chatting up where, where we end up with from a home standpoint, but it's an interesting statement, Chris, where you're talking about, this is kind of my gig. Mm -hmm. this, this is my rap. This is my gig. This is the big thing that I do until I just don't do it anymore. Yeah, no. And, and uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the runway lights are on. Um, you know, one of the great things that I've enjoyed over my career is, working with and watching unbelievable young talent develop from X into, you know, 10X. And happily, there's a there's a cohort of brilliantly smart people at, at AppCast. Um, and also in our industry, it's their turn. They're going to they're gonna go build companies. They're going to go run organizations. They're going to join CXR. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm enjoying um, doing what I'm doing right now, but uh, somebody else is going to build the next company. Love that. I love that. Well, so talk to us a little bit. There have been a lot of changes in the market uh, in the last number of months, uh, most notably from a cost per application versus cost per click. There have been some shifts sort of in the space. Is there is there anything you call it? I mean, we all know that last October there was an announcement from Indeed that they were going to sort of shift that model a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that kicked in. Some people were caught supposedly unaware, right? They hadn't been keeping up maybe in their in their in-mails or their emails and, and didn't get the notice or said they didn't get it. So they got a big, big bill at the end of it. Uh, I think Indeed made that right uh, mm -hmm. on, the, on the side of that, right? From a communication standpoint, making it right with everybody. But now uh, we've got some mid-sized organizations and TA leaders kind of wondering, well, what does this mean for me? Like, mm -hmm. do do I do I stick with this cost per application piece? Do I do I need to actually hone in on what is what really is an application for me when the, when it's a click to a completion and how do I track that? How do I cap that? Is if if I'm sitting with you and I guess I am, Chris. If I'm sitting with you and asking as a TA leader, what what do I need to know uh, about this to sort of still go back to feeling warm and fuzzy about the work that my team does and the candidate flow? What, what would you tell me that I need to know? Yeah. So. Um... First off, I think pricing model, whether you pay for a duration-based posting, you pay for a click, you pay for an application start, you pay for a completed application, or someday theoretically paying for something further down the line, um, there's upsides and downsides to every pricing model. It's just a pricing model. So, you know, like there's, this isn't putting a man on the moon or uh, we were talking about Elon Musk earlier and boring, you know, kind of holes underneath the earth so people can avoid traffic. It ain't that complex. Okay. So um, the, uh, the, the, the key thing is to understand, to instrument your recruitment funnel really, really well. If the, if the funnel is instrumented, you're going to be able to buy, you know, kind of eyeballs, um, you know, in essence, job seeker, active job seekers in a whole variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And it's going to work out no matter what. So what does instrumentation actually mean to me? Um, you should be able to track the impression of where the job seeker actually sees your ad. Mm -hmm. You need to know what ad that is. You need to be able to see from the impression the click. From the click, you need to be able to see if they start the application. If they start the application, you need to see if they finish it. If they finish it, you need to be able to track it to whether or not it was somebody that you wanted to talk to. There was a quality application. And then lastly, you got to track to whether or not you actually hire this person. 
Um, if you do that, um, here's a dirty little secret. There's good job seeker traffic in our marketplace and there's bad job seeker traffic. Good and bad is not they're good people and bad people, felons and non-felons. Mm -hmm. We're talking about people that you want to hire and are actually going to, you know, kind of complete the application and, and, and folks that won't. And sometimes the folks that won't are fraudulent. Sometimes the folks that won't just, you know, are incented to click on things because somebody else is making money, but it's not necessarily solving your problems. But if you have that instrumentation, um, you're going to win and you're going to win by you buying the good stuff and let, you know, the knucklehead next to you buy the stuff that isn't any good. And that honestly, right there is a 30% improvement in your return on investment. And of course, now we can, we can drill down and we can talk about how you use that information and, and buy smartly for, let's say one-to-one -one corporate jobs versus high volume jobs versus mm -hmm. ever jobs versus, you know, pacing, but Again, it's not putting a man on the moon. Now, the reason why a lot of the, the idea of paying per application is a Warshot test. There are some people that don't like it, and there right. are some people that do like it. So let's talk about the people that like it are the people that typically buy travel insurance when you book an airplane ticket. They're the people that that do H, that, that like HMOs you know, with no deductibles. Okay, So it's a safer model in that you only pay when somebody actually fills out the application. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it may not be a good application, it may not be somebody that you hire, but it is significantly closer to an event. You know, at AppCast, we like to say you can't hire a click, but you can hire an applicant. It's significantly further down and the billable event is something that you can actually look at, right? Now, the people that don't buy, you know, prefer not to buy applications, but let's say prefer to buy typically the, the, the next pay for performance level up, which is a click. Nobody okay. really wants to buy postings anymore. Um, but on the click side, um, if you are very good and very sharp and you're a marketer, you can figure out probably how to squeeze out um, more value out of buying per click. But to do that, you need to you need to really understand what you're doing. You typically need to have software to do it. It's a much more complex environment to operate with it. Mm -hmm. So um, these are the folks that, um, you know, in the old days, uh, the way that you'd save on the airline ticket is you would buy, if you end up going to, let's say, to San Francisco all the time, you buy the ticket on out and the return three weeks later. And then on the way back, you book a different ticket and then you yeah. have ends that you don't use, but you got the three week price, even if you're, you know, you're booking it at the last minute. Yeah. Um, that's that type of group. So, um, so broadly speaking, um, more effort, more risk, more complexity provides the ability to generate my, you know, in some cases, materially more or mildly more performance. While when you're buying per application, it's just a lot more straightforward. Yeah, each. Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. As you're going to say, as, as you're talking, you know, you can almost picture in that funnel each of the touch points that you mentioned. Yep. And how critical each one is, particularly from a, you know, what is the yield I'm getting from that? Mm -hmm. And and what portion of that yield actually moves into the next, you know, touch point? Perfect. And then you, you start to look at the quality of each each throughput, if you will. There's one, I think, a psychological um, 
change that takes place when the can the person who's gone through this funnel actually presses submit because their their uh, their view of themselves changes from someone who might have been interested to someone who has actually demonstrated interest in a job. Yes. And that is the point at which they believe they've become a candidate. Yes. And so we 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 can also alter our reaction to each of those touch points in terms of how we respond to that from an automatic point of view to something that's going to have to be a little bit more um, experiential in terms of how we treat them. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, that's that's definitely true. And in a previous world, I, I spent a lot more time thinking about you know, kind of job seekers and how to talk to them, you know, after the application complete in this world, you know, I'm, I'm all about the top end, you know, yep. the bottom end is now a black box. What's super interesting though, is like, if you get the instrumentation that I talked about, and it's rare to be able to get all of that, especially with some of the major sites, it's much more of, you know, a black box. Like you put in your budget, you don't have bidding, you pay at a different level, but in- Well, I was gonna say, Chris, it sounds, sorry to interrupt you, but I was gonna say it sounds easy, but there are just so many organizations who, who can't get there, can't, oh, can't get that level of tracking in at all. No, and and it's, it's super hard. Um, and there's a lot of self-interest, not self-interest, um, a, a lot of secular issues in the recruitment tech stack that make it hard. Yeah. yeah. To be able to do that instrumentation, you need to be able to take information that starts, let's say, on a job site and transfer that into an applicant tracking system. And then you need to get it back from an applicant tracking system and put it back into your ads, you know, track. Again, the technology is super simple. It's called a click tag where at every point in time, there's a little alphanumeric that gets passed from one person to another. And what you need to do is you need to have that go into your ATS. Click tag, did somebody apply? Whatever status in the ATS you've mm -hmm. got that is uh, quality, tell me when it hits there and tell me when you hire them. Yeah. I love oh. it. Yeah, oh, did we lose them? <laughs> Oh, there he is. Back. There he is. Oh, I'm back. All right. I, sorry about that. I guess snowstorms, but so so it's hard to do, but it's not it's not complex. But when you do do it, it is so powerful. So like Jerry, we're, you know, you, you were talking about how you understand where somebody comes from when they apply. You can understand how to treat them differently. Well, part of this also helps you understand which ad units are most valuable at the places that you're buying from. You may find for your um, retail jobs, and we actually know this. And apply from a job alert within a certain amount of time after the job immediately became available are the people that will respond at the highest level and also get hired at the highest level. Hmm. Okay. Well, if you're in a white collar job, you know, when we start to see multiple touch points, like, you know, and this is when you get into something called multi-touch attribution. Yeah. Oh, they saw this job on Indeed. They looked at something on Glassdoor. They went on over to ZipRecruiter and then finally they applied from LinkedIn. Now, all of a sudden, we can see correlations between that type of window shopping, whether or not. It so it's super interesting and we could spend hours talking about it. But the, I think the key thing, if forget about how you buy, you know, there's upsides and downsides to both sides. The most important thing to do, whether you're buying per click or you're buying per um, application, is to 
endeavor to pay appropriately for what you want. And there's this really interesting, you know, whenever I sit down with, with, you know, members of CXR or, um, or our other clients, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Isn't cheaper better? And I'm like, well, in some cases it is, but in some cases it isn't. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, explain that to me. I said, well, what is your objective when you're in trying to get an application? I would argue that there's four different types of objectives that you may have. For jobs like, you know, a TA leader, mm-hmm. there's, I, I imagine, Jerry, because you're old as dirt, you've written uh, at least a couple of articles about this, like the cost of having that position open, right? Massive, right. right? Yeah. yeah. So what if I came to you and I said, you pay me the market going rate for, let's say, a director of TA is $25 and apply, just making this up, okay? But- what if I came to you and I said, I can deliver you all the applies you need within 48 hours of the job going live, but you have to pay me $100 per apply. Right. Which one makes more sense? I would argue the $100 per apply because sure. if you take a look at, if you can bring in time to hire by 10 days, yep. you know, spending a couple grand on applies is like rounding errors. That's- uh, Chris, the perfect example of that is may, maybe not the TA leader, but any sales territory. Yeah. yeah, you can see you can see the declination of sales when it's empty. Store manager, and, and you can see how that slope yep. continues the longer it's it's empty. Right, and the cost of that just adds up into huge numbers. And so fundamentally, the smartest companies always have a salesperson in the wings to throw in mm-hmm. uh, in order to in order to plug that gap. Otherwise, otherwise, the cost of coming back up is just as just as hard uh, after it's gone down. So, yeah, it's it's a cool issue. You pay a fortune, you know, to do something like that very quickly. So, so pay for speed. Right. I mean, and, and that's a huge thing. But but like it, all of a sudden, when we start talking about it, the light bulb goes up. Oh, you mean measuring my cost per hire and saying I want to have a lower cost per hire than I did last year is what I want. Well, in some cases, maybe. But in certain cases, I would argue, no, if in fact the cost of having the lower cost per hire is an extension in the time to fill. And then you've also got, you know, like there are certain jobs now in the blue collar space where you know, you're not hiring warehouse workers, you're not hiring restaurant workers, you're not hiring delivery people, you're hiring people that are willing to work in a set of situations for $18 an hour. That's the market that you're recruiting from. And what's interesting is that market ebbs and flows based on a whole variety of reasons. Those reasons are all different based on geography and, and political environment that you're in and labor market environment. But Again, whether you're paying per click or you're paying per apply, let's say you need 100 of these people a week. Well, if what you do is you bid the same that you did last week, you're going to end up paying the same per week. And some weeks you'll get what you want and some weeks you won't. But what's interesting is, is that if you are constantly monitoring your conversion rates. So let's say the week starts on Monday, you put a set of bids on out that actually deliver a set of applications at a greater rate than you expected. Mm-hmm. You can actually decrease how much you pay very quickly and still glide to where you're gonna get. 
Well, in other weeks where all of a sudden, let's say the box store next door is at 1850. Yeah. And, and they're flooding the zone with all these ads. You may see it go way up because that's what you need to do. And you got to be OK with that. So, again, you know, this idea we're finally at the point in recruitment marketing in certain elements of the market where like we're pricing labor. Like you can literally see in certain markets when the certain when certain things are being done appropriately, holy crap, it's just more expensive to recruit. Not because somebody's being a knucklehead, it's because it's actually more expensive to recruit that week. Yeah. And so, you know, it this whole thing is is we've as a you know, Chris, Jerry, you, me, John, like anybody who's been in this industry for a long time has talked about the professionalization of the marketing function within recruitment. Mm -hmm. We're now at a point where truly, if you're a big enough company, it's a mil if you're good at this, it's a million dollars. Yeah. Meaning either save productivity, lower cost, better outcomes. Sure. Like it's no, it's no longer kind of like, well, we're going to have better colors and a nice employer value proposition, which, you know, no matter no matter what any executive says, that's really hard for them to measure. <laughs> but if you say, hey, we can fill the funnel, we can get people hired faster and we can do it for less money, that's something every CFO is going to love. Yeah, I, w I wonder how many folks, though, are, are making that sort of shift because it's it's kind of funny to talk to some of the young leaders who are coming in and have these these great ideas of I mean didn't we all these great ideas of all the things we're going to fix mm -hmm. and all the things we're going to change as we move into this but but oftentimes some of that stuff that's a little more difficult to track and set up just gets put on the back burner. Yep. Yep. Like just, yeah, it, occur it occurs to me that the uh, the emergence of, of recruiting operations. So mm -hmm. having someone who has program experience or, you know, that kind of thing, as well as the metrics and the analytics, um, fundamentally, I think, has uh, created a, a, an extraordinarily added value to TA when it's applied the way you were talking about it, Chris. Yeah, no, it's true. And, I, you know, Chris and Jerry, what you're talking about is something that's near and dear to my heart. What, what I'm talking about is boring. It's math. I mean, like it's 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 tenth grade algebra appropriately done every single day, but that's the you know the beauty of boring is that if you do it right, you know, as I tell you, sitting here, you know, white middle aged guy with gray hair, boring's my life, and you can do pretty okay in life being boring. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll steal a line from one of my favorite recruiters used to be on my team as they came in, and we, we were just starting to talk about this concept years ago, and she looked me dead in the eye and said. I'm sorry. I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. There's math. Sorry yep. about that. Mrs. Payne, my eighth grade math teacher. I'm so sorry for being such a dick. I yep. really yep. should have been a better student in math class. I really yep. should have. I yep. apologize. Yep. Oh man. Well, Chris, let me ask you, and you know, you know, cause we've asked you before, but we got a new topic today in the conversation. If you're going to, if you're going to write a book uh, about, this topic about what folks should know and sort of just this concept. What, what do you think you'd title that book? Oh gosh. Um, well, uh, hmm. Why everyone should have a gold duck on their desk. <laughs> why everyone should have a gold duck on their desk. I like there, it. There's there a gold duck on my desk. 
And um, <clears throat> so uh, gold duck means something. So this was a present from my boss in Germany. And um, uh, I think he gave me this present because I was going to kidnap this golden duck out of our office in Germany. We had our offices redone during COVID to incent uh -huh. everyone to come back on in. And they have these beautiful gold duck things that were on our big boardroom table and nobody could see each other um, between, uh, you know, these board meetings. And um, first off, I've never had a gold duck light. Um, and so I thought that stealing one would be great. And two, I wanted to see my colleagues. But um, the reason why I'm telling the story is uh, one, it's a great metaphor, you know, makes people stop and pick up a book if it's about having a gold duck. But the reason why there's a gold duck on my desk is the fact that math and thinking creatively mm -hmm. is what built AppCast and what allowed us to be part of StepStone. And again, the I truly believe that recruitment is marketing, a little bit of art, and then incredibly good sales organization. And so um, if I were to write in the book, the metaphor here is, is that, you know, recruitment should be a gold duck. What we do should be gold plated. And if we actually got treated like uh, we were in sales and marketing, we, we would revolutionize the world. But anyway. I, I, think, I think both Chris and I like that a lot for a couple of reasons. Uh -huh. we, and, and we may steal some of this, Chris, uh, but we have been for almost 20 years at every one of our meetings uh, had a, an event in which we shared ducks. So of yeah. all kinds. Yes. Yeah. Ducks of all kinds. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Hundred so, percent. Hundreds and of them. Just, we just did a survey of our members going back into um, you know our meetings, our face-to-face -face meetings, asking if we should bring back the ducks. And everyone said, you got to bring back the ducks. So we're going to be. All right. Well, during Chris, I, I, uh, next time I'm in Dusseldorf, Germany. So, you know, Stepstone, you know, big jobs classified business. We have this beautiful office in Dusseldorf. There's still a few gold ducks around that. Hey, uh, take a picture. I, 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 well, no, I may, I may smuggle a few back for you. Steal one. Yes. I, that'd be great. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, I just I just ordered 150 more ducks and had them shipped. We're at IMG Academy next week. We're coming back to live events, so we're super excited about it. But I just had 150 little yellow ducks mm -hmm. sent to IMG last week for for the for the meeting. I cool. think we I think we're going to build this into a whole myth, Chris. There you go. It's all about the duck. <laughs> all right, Chris. Who who are you going to give your your first signed copy to? And just it can't be anybody on this podcast. My dad. Oh, I love that. I think you did that last time. Yeah, yeah. No, so like my dad, here, I've got a couple, I, you know, my dad's written uh, a couple books here. Um, you know, he's he's from the industry. Uh, Fearless HR actually was uh, a top-selling uh, business book in the United States for a while. And huh. Fearless Talent Choices. So um, like any good son, mildly in competition with my dad. So I have to, if I write a book, I got to give him the first copy. And when was he, do you remember when he was with Sherm? I think... Because I think I was on on Sherm's board when he was there. Yeah, so so he worked for them, doing their certification stuff, and in the nineties, uh, right? Um, no, it was in the two thousands. Um, it was post two thousand and eight because that's when we sold Airs. Okay. He worked for the Human Capital oh, Institute. Airs. He worked for Airs. Did our certifications at Airs. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then did that for uh, the global SHRM certification program. And okay. I think the one in the United States, but yeah. And now, you know, Dave, uh, uh, his, his company is called Sage and it's uh, Sage World Headquarters is the Foreman Garage in uh, San Diego, California. So whenever I talk to him, I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm in the World Headquarters. So the I'll drive by there this week as I'm, I'm hanging out in San Diego. Swing by. Cool. That's, That's great. lovely. Well, th thank you so much for joining us. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us out really quick with with just a reminder. Uh, you can connect with Chris directly. You can obviously head to the Abcast website. You can connect with Chris directly on LinkedIn. We put that up a couple of times. Easy, easy guy to find, uh, and just a wealth of information. And then I'm gonna remind everybody else uh, to be sure to check out if you've got some uh, leaders or folks you know within the TA space that are on the move. They're in transition. They've been displaced, uh, and they're interested in strengthening that network and being part of a community. It's cxr.org/up. It is a complimentary full membership uh, for folks who come in and are referred by alumni or our current members. And we do an interview with everybody to make sure because you still got you still got to qualify. We got a couple of rules for membership. You still got to be OK with. Uh, but it's full membership for anybody uh, who's in the middle of something. And we're carrying your membership 60 days into your new employment. Uh, so that'll help you come in looking like a rock star using some of the resources in your first few meetings. So we're happy to help you with that. Uh, and with that, I, I guess we're going to say goodbye and we'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much, guys. This is Thanks, a everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career xroads. We'll catch you next time.